up to number 118. Number 118, please, if you would. The Way of the Cross Leads Home. Now, i got to give the musicians a chance to find it. I, they didn't have a lot of advanced. Oh, you didn't get it at all. Can you hand her the list? Or she has it. You got it? Okay, good. Great. All right. Sure do miss brother uh, brother uh, Yule when he's not here to lead us. Amen. Okay, brother. All right. Are you praying today? Oh yeah. Just right from there. Go ahead. Amen. All right. Number 180, please. Number 180. Number 180. Standing on the promises. So we can't be sitting on the premises while we're standing on the promises. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stand and sing this song together. Standing on the promises. Second. 
standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail by the living word of God I shall prevail standing on the promises of God standing 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 on the promises of God my Savior forth now standing on the promises i cannot fall listening every moment to the spirit's call resting in my savior as my all in all standing on the promises of god standing 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 on the promises of god my savior Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Thank you, may be seated. Uh, I hope you received a prayer li uh, list. I need one up here if you could, please. If you need a prayer list, Brother John has one. If you slip your hand up, he'll bring you one quickly. If you need one, he's bringing it to me. Thank you, Brother Robbie. Appreciate it. All righty. So I hope you have a prayer list. Continue to be praying for Miss Erica. Um, I don't know if she, uh, can I tell folks? Uh, her cancer has returned, and um, she's going to start going through some more treatments. Uh, is it Friday you're going to start those treatments? Well, So please be praying for her, amen, as she goes through those. It's difficult on her physically, and so be praying for her about that. Um, I'll continue to pray for uh, Brother Dennis and Miss Susan. Um, uh, it's good to see a number of folks here that we pray for week, uh, daily uh, uh, for health, but you're here, and we're glad that you're here. Continue to add uh, or continue to pray for Brother Bob Martin. Uh, he was in intensive care a week ago. Uh, he's been, uh, I'm not sure where he's at now, whether he's still in the hospital. Is he still? He, VA hospital. He's back still in the hospital, so continue to pray for him. Um, uh, he's gotten very, very weak, his wife Joy tells us. And so please, please pray for him. Um, uh, so I don't, I can't tell you what's wrong uh, for sure, because I don't know for sure. I got, I got some ideas of what has been said in the past, but I don't know if that's what's accurate going on right now. So just pray for him. Amen. And then uh, pray for those that are on our list for salvation. Continue to pray for Brother Harmon uh, as he continues to recover uh, from his cancer situation there. Uh, um, uh, pray for uh, the Leslie family. They're our family to, to, uh, of the week this week, our missionaries to uh, Costa Rica. Uh, I'm sorry, to uh, Croatia, and so be praying for them, and then uh, my mind went blank. It's not unusual. There's not much up there to begin with, and every page is blank till I write something on there, and then I forgot my ink, and so I'm in real trouble there, amen? So, uh, uh, but pray for those. Continue to pray for our country. 
uh, pray for our president. Uh, it would be great if he got under such conviction he received Christ as a Savior, wouldn't it? You know, that's not going to happen to him unless we pray for him. I believe our prayers can, can make the Holy Spirit work and bring someone to the place where they want to be saved. Amen? And he needs that. Uh, he needs to be, kept, be caught in a good moment where he understands what he's doing so he can receive Christ as Savior. Amen? So please be praying for him. Pray for our Congress. Pray for our uh, Supreme Court justices that they do the right thing. Pray. We have an election coming up. Uh, yesterday uh, started early voting for our primary elections. There's some really important things on that ballot, uh, especially when it comes to the uh, criminal court system. There's three judges on there we really need to get on there. Uh, other ones are extremely liberal and they're going to take the authority away from our attorney general to be able to prosecute crimes like he should. And we don't want them in. They're all supported by uh, a man by the name of um, George Soros, amen. And so we need to be careful that we know just because they're a Republican doesn't mean anything because they done figured Texas out. They're going to make Democrats look like Republicans, get elected, and then act like Democrats. That's what's happening, okay? And so it's very important that we vote. It's important that we know what we're voting for. Now, like I said, early voting has started, and so please uh, be aware of that. And if you hadn't planned on voting, I would encourage you to go down to your, or go online to your, uh, your county's uh, website, uh, look under uh, the, the voting area under their website and find out where, uh, when you can vote and get a sample ballot so you can check people out. Uh, advertisements don't necessarily tell you anything. Amen. Some endorsements don't tell you anything either. It's important that we know whom we're electing. Amen. So please uh, not only pray about that, but check it out and, and vote. So that if you want to know what the three people are that need to get in office, I'm happy to tell you when it comes to judge, but I won't tell you from here. But I will tell you on a personal basis if you want to know. Amen. Uh, so that we can be careful to get the right people in our government that need to be there that will enforce the laws as they are written. Amen? All right, anyway. So let's go to the Lord in prayer then, okay? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this time that we could be together. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd meet with us in a very special way tonight. I ask that you fill Kevin with the power of your Holy Spirit, that as he preaches, we would hear exactly what you would have us to hear. And he would only say those words that you want him to say. Give him clarity of mind. Give him clarity of speech. Give him clarity of your leadership as he speaks to us, your people, with your word tonight. We ask that you be with Pastor and Mrs. White as they're at the conference this week. And I ask that you bless them and keep them safe. Thank you for their, their journeying there. And I uh, talked to a preacher uh, earlier this afternoon. And uh, things are going well. They've been in services all morning, most of the afternoon, and they're going back tonight. And so, Lord, I ask that you'd uh, encourage them, strengthen them, uh, uh, rev him up uh, in your word, and be that encouragement that he needs as he goes through these ne this week and next week uh, with uh, these uh, uh, these times. So please bless him and Miss Sherry as they're gone. Keep them safe. 
We continue to ask that you be with Brother Harmon in his cancer situation. We ask that you be with Miss Erica as she starts to get ready to go back into treatments. Uh, we thank you for Brother Dale Maker that he is here this week and is doing well. Uh, we thank you for Dennis and Miss Susie. I ask that you be with Brother Dennis, give his body strength, give his doctors wisdom that they may be able to meet uh, their every need. Thank you for Mrs. Fenwick and being able to be here tonight. We ask that you continue to give her body strength, continue to uh, help her and direct her, her doctors, give them the proper care for her. We thank you for Brother Ron uh, Ortham. Uh, we ask that you bless him as he continues to, to know from his doctor the things that need to be go, uh, need to go on. We ask that you be with Cora and Carly uh, as they are going through their pregnancies right now. I ask that you give them a smooth birth. I ask that you would uh, allow their children to be saved at an early age, that they could walk in your ways. Give both parents wisdom well beyond their years. That during this odd world which we live in today, that you would give them the wisdom to keep their children safe according to your word and bring them up and nurture and admonition of your word. We ask that you be with Pastor Bob Martin, continue to bless him, strengthen him, and help him. I ask that you bring our, whole, our president under the convicting power of your Holy Spirit. I ask that you convince and convict him of his need to be saved. I don't want him to go to hell. That's why I'm asking you to do this for him. I don't believe he really wants to go to hell. And Jesus, you died on the cross for him so he'd never, ever have to go to hell. So please do what must be done in his heart and his life uh, that he would uh, seek you and that you could save him and transform his life as you've done for us. I ask that you be with our Congress and those that are running for office that we uh, in the primaries that are here coming up here and now in, in, uh, in the state of Texas, give us wisdom as we uh, um, cast our ballots. Help us to be able to research, find truth out about the candidates, that we would pick the ones that you would vote for if you were in our shoes. Uh, we love you, and we can't do this on your own, so you have got to intercede on for us on our behalf so that we can know exactly who it is that we ought to vote for. Continue to bless our church. We thank you for uh, what you've done for us. Bless our soul warning on Saturday. Uh, guide and direct our, our services tonight and throughout the rest of this week. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you, oh, bless this offering. Amen. If you have an offering, bring it right now. Amen. <laughs> to visit the Creation Museum this Saturday, uh, please see Brother Ron uh, Huffman, and uh, he'll help you get that information uh, for this Saturday, the 24th. That's this Saturday. Am I right? This Saturday? Yeah, 24th. Very good. All right.
Take your hymnal, please, and open up to number 338, 338. Number 338. Look and live. Let's all stand, if you would, please. i got to find you just a minute. I'm almost there. Good evening. You all hear me okay? Well, I'm, uh, I'm very glad to be here today. Uh, although uh, I only preach a couple of times, but it's, it, it's hard getting up here. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad I still get nervous every now and then. Well, I still get nervous when I get up here. I'm, I'm glad it's not, you know, I just willy-nilly going to preach the word. No, it's the Bible says that through the preaching of the Word of God, that God has manifested His will toward us. So, uh, today I want to talk about a certain man, uh, Moses. So, if you would turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Exodus, chapter 3. I want to talk about a specific topic, uh, about God's providential working. Although sometimes we look at God's providential working in the way that we want to. We look at it, the good side. Well, technically, there's only one good side. 
But we look at it and we say, God is blessing me. God is working. But there's another side that I don't feel so good right now. Right now is not a good spot, but God is still working. Amen. So would you stand with me, please, at the reading of the Word of God? And we'll do Exodus chapter 3, and we'll read on. um, We'll just, we'll we'll see where we stop. Amen. We'll start at verse 1. And it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called unto him out of the midst of the, of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and said, and, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not thy, nigh thither or hither, put off thy shoe from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land of Egypt unto a good land, and a, lar- and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. We'll stop right there. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, I just pray that you would help me to preach and uh, speak, as Brother Marco said, your, your word, and uh, that, these peop- that your, your people uh, would hear what you want them uh, to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you may sit down. And I'll, I'll say that. I, I was watching one of my old sermons, and I, I, I watched when I, when I didn't say stand up, and I didn't say sit down. So it was, uh, I got a good kick out of it. But uh, I want get, to get into some backstory with Moses. I mean, most of y'all most likely know about Moses, how he got there. Uh, he was, you know, exiled, banished from Egypt for killing an Egyptian by trying to rescue his Jewish brethren. But I want to talk about how he got there. So y'all know Joseph, correct? Somewhat Joseph, the one with the, the, the coat of many colors. Joseph, he was maybe a redhead. We don't know. Well, we, we somewhat know. Joseph, the one who got thrown into a pit and left to, to die and, and, and even given up to slavery by his brothers. I want to talk about him just, just for a moment. Uh, Joseph... God was with him, and he found favor in the sight of everyone he was around with. Joseph was there, and uh, through Joseph, God began to do something. You know, you see, he gave a promise to Abraham that he was going to multiply his seed uh, as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of the seashore. So when Joseph came up, 
and he was, you know, doing his thing, and, and next thing you know, he, he gets accused of, you know, uh, of committing adultery with another man's wife, and then he gets thrown in jail. That's not very good, right? <laughs> I would not to, like to be thrown in jail for something, a crime I didn't commit. But then, then, then he stays in jail for the next two years. And the Bible says that the word of the Lord tried him during that time. Does the word of God, is the word of God trying you today? To seeing if you're really sticking it out? If, if you do, you know, walk with Jesus? But nonetheless, God was with him. And God began to do something through Joseph. And the next thing you know, he, he interpreted a dream. And now Joseph is in second in command of all, of, uh, in all of Egypt. But then a couple hundred years began to pass. Joseph, well, Joseph died. A hundred years became to pass. And it says in Acts that there arose a king, a pharaoh, that knew not Joseph. It showed the, the children of Israel began to multiply and multiply and multiply. And, and now the new Pharaoh that didn't know anything about Joseph said, these, these, these Hebrews, they're going to be more than us. And they're going to overtake us. So what do they do? They, they turn them into slaves. They put them in bondage. That wasn't so good. And then next thing you know, he actually even wanted to kill all the males, all the newborn baby males. Why? Because how do you destroy a society? Huh? You take away their men. You emasculate their men. You take away their manlihood, and now what do you have? You, you don't have a man, men to stand up for their nation, to stand up for their people. So they're, now they're going to rule over them. But something amazing happened. In Hebrews it says the faith of Moses' parents. It showed the, Moses' parents believed in God. And they said, it doesn't matter if, if I give my kid away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my kid in this ark. It, said it was an ark. And put him in the river. And he, they just had faith and they let it go. And then next thing you know, that baby was found in the hands of the daughter of Pharaoh. And then even Moses' mother got a chance to take care of him. But what I'm trying to get at is that God was working all that out. He was moving through Egypt. He was moving. He, he allowed a famine to come for seven. No, he allowed good food to come for seven years. You remember reading that? I don't know if you've maybe read through Genesis, but seven years. So now Egypt has a lot of food. It has a lot of food. And then seven years of famine. And now people need food. So who has the food? You go to Egypt. So now they're, giving, they're selling their stuff to Egypt. Say, here, I'll, I'll give you my money. Give me some food. Now the famine is still going on. Uh, I'll give you my cattle. Here, give me some food. And now uh, I'll sell you my house. You know, give me some food. And then it's like, I'll sell you everything I have. Now give me some food. I want to live. So now Egypt is at the top. And it might not have been good for the Israelites at that moment. And Moses understood that. It said that it came into Moses' heart that he was going to deliver the people of Israel, but they weren't ready. It wasn't time yet. And it's interesting. Moses grew up in the Egyptian worldview. He grew up 
knowing, you know, the best of the best. He grew up knowing everything you could know about Egypt. He might even have been in line to be the next pharaoh. But you know what Moses did? It says in Hebrews that he chose the reproaches of Christ more than the pleasures of sin for a season. He chose to suffer with Jesus over to have the pleasures of anything he could have wanted in Egypt. You know, that's an example to us. Amen. But now, Moses, he tried to avenge his brethren. Next thing you know, he gets caught. And now he gets exiled into the land of Midian for 40 years. Now there's more waiting. And you might be, and, and maybe in Hebrew, maybe Moses might be thinking, God, what are you doing? It's been hundreds of years. The Hebrews are in bondage. Your people are in bondage. When are you going to show up? And then, as Moses is doing his daily duty as a shepherd, he sees a a bush on fire. And he he probably doesn't think of it, but then he sees it's not consumed, and he says, what is that? And God saw that, and God began to speak to to him. And now, God wants to use Moses to finally free his people. But, you know, why? Why did God even let them to be in bondage for so long? What was the point of all that? Couldn't God have just not let that happen? But see, that's, that's, such, that's the interesting thing. That's the amazing thing. God let that all happen so that he could raise up Moses, so that he could raise up the people of Israel... And then what did he begin to do? As Egypt was on top of the world, he destroyed the infrastructure of Egypt. There was ten plagues, and each plague was supposed to destroy their God who they trusted in. And finally, it was the, the last plague was the, the plague of the firstborn. They, saw, they found glory in their firstborn. So what did God do? God raised up this nation and showed, hey, I'm on top of that nation too. The Bible says he raises up kings and he puts down kings, as Brother Marco was talking about, you know, elected officials. God brings them up. God brings them down. And it's, so what I'm trying to show is that maybe it wasn't something good that God was doing there. Maybe it wasn't good to be in slavery. Maybe it wasn't good to be in bondage. Maybe it wasn't good to be afflicted. It said that they, they put their taskmasters even more. They said, go get your own brick. We're not going to supply you brick anymore. And how are we supposed to do this? It kept getting worse and worse. And then God rescued them. He said he led them as, as a flock out of Egypt. And God was merciful. So I, I wanted to look at that for a second. About God's providential working. But... Let's look at something else. You know, that wasn't his only providential working. There was something that happened uh, almost 2,000 years ago that God providentially worked out. You know it. It was the day that, you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. You know, it took the Son of God to die and shed his pure blood to redeem our souls. 
And you see, after the last book of the Old Testament was written, the book of Malachi, there was 400 years of silence. There was 400 years of no voice. There was 400 years of no dreams. There was 400 years of no word of prophecy. It seemed like God got quiet again. It was as if God was done with his people again. But he wasn't. Much rather, the Lord was doing again something amazing. You see, he was moving through the nations. He was moving through people. He was centralizing the language of that time in Israel where everyone would understand each other. Everyone would understand what you're saying and what I'm saying. Everyone could speak to one another. He put Rome at the height of their power, as he talked about in Daniel. And, he had, and Rome had an iron arm over Israel. So when the Jews, when, when Jesus came and they saw their Messiah, they thought he was going to deliver them from Rome. But that wasn't the case. He wasn't going to deliver them from Rome. He was going to deliver them from an enemy far greater. Why? What enemy? The, well, death. The Bible says that Jesus tasted death for every man. Jesus said to Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And, though, and he that believeth in me you know, shall never die. So one day, I get to be with Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Romans 5, 6 through 8, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Are you without strength today? Some, I get without strength a lot. And that's when Jesus shows up. That's when Jesus showed up when, when we were lost and we were depraved and we had no hope. Can I ask you, do you remember the day you got saved? Do you remember the day that everything changed? Do you remember where... When you went from being unregenerate, from being destitute of all good, from being evil, from being black-hearted, an idolater, an adulterer, a murderer, covetous, depressed, no hope in sight. Do you remember? Do you remember that all that went into you being saved? Can you recall God's hand over your life? For you to come to faith in Christ? I can. I remember being a sinner. Being a hurtful person. I remember praying to God and receiving no answer. Why? Because the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by, through me. I gave up on the existence of God. I remember trying to find purpose in this life without Him. 
I remember feeling depraved and hopeless. And then God began to move. When I was without strength, he moved. You know, it's interesting. I would see videos online about Christianity and be perplexed, yet fascinated. I began to consider my own spiritual state. And at one point, you know, it's funny. It was so interesting. I was walking up the stairs to school, and then I I thought to myself, I think I'm spiritually dead. That's funny. Being spiritually dead, I thought that. (laughs) I was also best friends with a certain someone. I don't know where he went. Oh, he was a Christian. You know, God did that. God moves through people. If God cares so much about the smallest thing, if God cares so much about the sparrow being fed and the grass being watered, how much more does he care about his children? How much more, wait, how much more does he care about his creation, man? And then how much more does he care about his children? You know, sometimes we we think, why does God let such evil happen? Well, he's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. And sometimes I get selfish. Sometimes maybe we get selfish, thinking, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to tell them about that Jesus Christ died for them. You know, some people are very wicked. But I, I began to consider my spiritual state. I, I be, my, my friend, uh, Josiah, he invited me to church. You should invite your friends to church. He invited me to church and, and I heard about Jesus again and I was, I was perplexed again, but I was fascinated. It, it, it just it got a hold of my heart that I didn't know. Well, the Bible says that the law of God is written upon our hearts. And I, I started, and then I started to see something. And then I came to church one more time, but this time there was no youth activity. I mean youth youth class. It was a Wednesday. This time we, we had to come to the big boy service. We had to hear the preacher. And then Brother Marco was preaching. And next thing you know, he began to preach. Uh, I don't know what he started, was preaching from, but then he started giving his testimony. He started laying out the gospel. And I thought, that makes sense. That makes sense. Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, God pried me up. And I thought... I know I'm not a good person. I think I'm spiritually dead. Oh, I, I, I deserve to go to hell. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> but Jesus died for me. I don't have to go to hell. What do I have to do? Just believe in Jesus. You know, Philip talked to the eunuch in Acts 8. He talked to him, and, he, and the eunuch said, "What? What doth?" He, he was reading Isaiah, and, and, and Philip came up to him. And he said, do you know what you're reading? And, and he said, no, how can I unless some men show me? So he said, does the prophet talk about himself or some other man? And then Philip showed him who that other man was, that Jesus died for him. And then he said, well, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And he said, I believe. And he got saved and he got baptized. And so did I that day. 
I believed. And man, everything changed. Everything changed. It was funny. <laughs> Brother Marco, he was, he, was, he was saying, what if you were to die today? Maybe if you were in a car crash and something were to happen to you, where would you go? And then, you know, from there he went on and on, he went up with the plan and salvation plan. And then Josiah, we were driving and he was being just a little reckless. No, no, no shame. He was being a little reckless and I, and I thought, whoa, you know, we, would, we could die right now. And I, and I thought, well, if I were to die, I would go to heaven because of Jesus. And for once in my life, I had that assurance. And I started to come to church, and I started to hear the word of God, and God changed everything. It was, you know, it was through this book, amen? It was through the word of God that God changed my life. You know, sometimes we think uh, uh, we should skip out on this someday, or we should skip out on praying, but this is going to fix everything. It's the word of God. You know, God did so much for this book. People died for this book. And this is what's going to change you. Not you doing your own thing. Not you going your own way. It's the book. I'm told that's what it was called before. The book. Now let, I want to talk about, so there's three things I, I was going over. God's providential working in Israel with Moses. There was God's providential working for Jesus the Messiah to come and die on a cross, on a tree. God's providential working in, in our lives when we were yet sinners, destitute of the glory of God. And then God's providential working today. You know, he, he didn't just save us just to do nothing with us. Amen. You know, sometimes I go day by day and, and, and just... It's hard. <laughs> life is busy. Uh, I mean, I mean, what do I know? I'm, I'm, I'm still young, but life is very busy, and, and I get discouraged, and I get depressed, and I get tired. And the next thing I know, I, um, I fail to see God's goodness. I fail to see God's work, working hand, work, working hand. But God is doing something today. Because technically, well, according to the Bible, there's still seven more years that need to happen, and then a thousand more years that need to happen before the end of the world. So God is preparing this time for those seven years. He's doing something that's going to change everything. Because who are the Jews waiting on now? They're not waiting on Jesus. They're waiting on the, on the false Christ. That's what they're waiting on, on their deliverer. But the deliverer is not going to save them. You know, the, the temple is destroyed. How are they even doing sacrifices? <laughs> the, the law literally said that you had to do your sacrifices, you know, in the house of God, in, in God's dwelling place. And how are they supposed to do that? But God is working something out. So uh, I kind of want to get to here now. Why? What was my point in showing all this? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes we come here discouraged. I, I come to church discouraged. Sometimes we walk our days as if God has forgotten about us. 
We live as if the Lord did not shed His blood, His perfect blood, as if God did not spare His own Son for us. And I'm talking to me. Maybe for you it's different. You know, we we walk as if the Lord is not with us day by day. And as if the Lord is not more invested in our walk with Him than we are with Him. Does that make sense? (laughs) But sometimes it's because of our sin. Sometimes it's because of our disobedience that we can't see God. What did Isaiah say that? Your iniquities have separated you between you and your God. It's your iniquities. Now, sometimes it might not always be that. Consider Job. It wasn't his iniquities, was it? God called him a perfect man, a just man. God said he was doing everything right, yet he lost everything. And he was dry for a while. So obviously it's not always about iniquity. It's not always about what sin did you commit? In Isaiah it said that the Lord's hand is not slack that it cannot save. It is not slack that he can come and rescue you as he did all those other times. So I guess my you know, challenge is, is kind of consider your ways. Is there dryness in your life? Is there some hopelessness that may, might be seeping in? Is it because of you or maybe is God doing something? Or is God going to do something great? Or maybe we're not in this book where we can let him speak to us. Or we're not in prayer where we can pour out our heart to him and tune our hearts with him. I mean, is, the dry, is the dryness my fault, Lord? Or, or is it him doing something? Is it him doing something as with Joseph was in prison or Moses in the children of Israel? Or, or is it the wandering Israelites who had to endure 40 years? Or the Jew in captivity who had to wait 70 years for God to be done with his judgment? Which one is it? It's, it's hard to see God's goodness sometimes. And that's why the Bible tells us to keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourself in, in this book. Like, I, I don't know why I keep getting back to this, but please keep yourselves in this book. I don't know why. I guess God just wants me to say it. But keep yourselves in the book. You know, it's our, I, I, I'm thinking about it. I talked about in Hosea where Israel was going off with the Assyrians. They were going off with their enemies. They were going off that they would find comfort of them. But it said that. They took away their, his strength, and he knew it not. You know, what's, what's taking away our strength that we know not? What, what, is, what is sucking all the life out of you that we know not? The Bible says, lay aside every, every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. So it's, the Lord's hand is not slack that it cannot save now, if there is some disobedience, because, I mean, I'm disobedient every day, and I, it sucks. Well, sorry, it's, it's not good. I, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I apologize. It's, it's, not, it's not enjoyable to be disobedient. It's miserable. It's like you're, you're just, your heart is about to rip open and not doing the right thing. 
But if, if God is doing some work, I would like for you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 77. Psalm chapter 77. This was, it was interesting how I found this psalm. It was in, I was in a, a very sad state. And I was, I was like, I was thinking to myself, God, find me something. And I was flipping through the Bible, and then I landed at this psalm, and I read it. I was like, I'll just read this. And God, once again, <laughs> showed up. So uh, you can, I'll read this song, psalm, and, and you can read with me, not out loud, but maybe in your head. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice. And he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Have you been there? I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I, I commune with my own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Have you ever been there where you're just searching and searching and you can't find anything? Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean, gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as God is our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people in Egypt. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people. He's talking about Egypt again. The sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The waters saw thee. He's talking about the, the, the Red Sea crossing, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. It's interesting when creation fears God, <laughs> or liter you know, figuratively in a literature way. The cloud poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened, around, lightened the world. The, the earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. That is a beautiful psalm. Amen. So I, I want to encourage you today. You know, consider uh, consider what, what is going on. Consider, is it, is it you, or, or, or is God just doing something, and is he going to bring something to pass? Turn with me to one more psalm. I just, I just thought about it, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Psalm 27. Psalm 
And it says in verse 13, and I might as well read 14, because in verse 13 it says, I had fainted unless I had believed. You have to believe, and it's hard to believe that. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Head bowed and, and eyes closed. And, uh, in the original reading in Exodus 3, in verse 4, at the end it says, And he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. As God speaks to your heart tonight, we're not going to have any music. We're going to just open the altar and let the Lord have spoken to your heart. And you can respond tonight by saying, here am I. Are you reading your Bible? Are you walking with God? Is the world getting too much of your time and God not enough? If God has spoken to your heart, you come right now.